0: Welcome to Ancient Gods and Demons. I am your host, Brian Scalama. Each week, we will be exploring a new ancient god from various cultures, including Mesopotamian, Egyptian, Indian, Chinese, Norse, and Greek, to name just a few. Each episode, we will explain the origins development of our characters, from pagan god to Judeo-Christian demon. Correlations between different cultures will be researched, and you, as a listener, can make your own determination of whether each figure is a god, demon, or both. Additionally, we will introduce a piece of music each week influenced by these ancient deities. So sit back relax as we journey into ancient worlds and examine gods that were worshiped.- This week's episode we will discuss the ancient god and demon Lilith. Was she an ancient demon, doc deity or essential goddess? Lilith is a fascinating character. and There is abundance of information about her in literature and all throughout the internet. I've attempted to cover as much as I can in this episode, but there is enough on Lilith that I could cover at least two more episodes following this one. Therefore, we're going to cover Lilith's appearance in the Mesopotamian myth, Jewish folklore, We'll slightly discuss could be a debatable biblical passage. And we're going to touch upon Kabbalah mysticism primarily during this episode. Historical background. Samaria, Babylonian, hence Mesopotamian. In some sources, Lilith is described as a demon. In others, She is an icon who became one of the darkest deities of the pagans. Lilith is one of the oldest known female spirits of the world. Her roots come from the famous Epic of Gilgamesh, but she was also described in the Bible and the Talmud. Lilith was described as a dark spirit with uncontrollable and dangerous sexuality. She said to fertilize herself with male sperm. And create many demons. She's believed to be the mother of hundreds of demons. Lilith was known in the culture of the Hittites, the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Israelites, and the Romans as well. In later times, she migrated to the north of Europe. She represented chaos, sexuality, and she's been said to have cast spells on people. Additionally, her legend is also related to the first stories about vampires. Lilith appears in the Epic of Gilgamesh from and Kramer, Gilgamesh and the Halupa Tree. After heaven and earth had been separated and mankind had been created, after Anu and Lil and Ashkagal had been taken possession of heaven, earth and the underworld, after Nke had set... Sail for the underworld, and the sea ebbed and flowed in the honor of its lord. On this day, a halupa tree, which was planted in the bank of the Euphrates and nourished by its water, was uprooted by the south wind and carried away by the Euphrates. A goddess who was wandering along the bank seized the swaying tree and at the behest of Anu and Enlil brought it to Ayana's garden in Yoruk and Iyana tended the tree carefully and lovingly. She hoped to have a throne and a bed made for herself, from its wood. After ten years, the tree had matured. But in the meantime, she found in her dismay that her hopes could not be fulfilled. Because during that time, a dragon had built its nest at the foot of the tree. The zoo bird was raising its young in the crown. And the demon Lilith had built her house in the middle. But Gilgamesh, who had heard of Yana's plight, came to her rescue. He took his heavy shield, killed the dragon with his gigantic bronze axe, which weighed seven talents and seven minas. Then the zoo bird flew into the mountains with its young, while Lilith, petrified with fear, tore down her house and fled into the wilderness part 2 jewish folklore Lilith is mentioned in the book of ben or Sarach, also referred to as Lilith. The book of Shirach also known as Eclasticus, is the part of the wisdom literature of the Greek and the Latin Vulgate Bible. While originally written in Hebrew, the book was read only through its Greek translation. The book was not included in the Hebrew text as part of the Hebrew canon of the Old Testament. However, most of the Hebrew text of the Sirach has been uncovered in Cairo, at Masada, and in three dead tree scrolls at Qumran. A manuscript with six chapters of the Sirach was found at Masada. Ben Sirah, the author, was a devout man of wisdom who lived in Jerusalem about 200 BC. The first 43 chapters of the book provide moral instruction and common sense gained from experience, fitting of wisdom literature. As with the book of Job, the author notes the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. Chapter 1 on wisdom, chapter 6 on friendship and discipline, chapter 25 to 26 on wives and women. In chapter 42, on the father's care of his daughter, a representative of the first section. Chapters 44 to 50 present a refreshing history of the ancestors, patriarchs, and the leaders of Israel. A 51st chapter concludes the book with a prayer. Soon after, the young son of the king took ill, said Nebuchadnezzar. Heal my son. If you don't, I will kill you. Ben-Sherah immediately sat down and wrote an amulet with the holy name. And he inscribed it with the angels in charge of the medicine by their names, forms, and images, and by their wings, hands, and feet. Nebuchadnezzar looked at the amulet, who are these? The angels who are in charge of medicine, Savi, Sesvai, and Shmagof. After God created Adam, who was alone, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Genesis 2:18. He then created a woman for Adam from the earth, as he had created Adam before, and called her Lilith. Adam and Lilith began to fight. She said, I will not lie below. And he said, I will not lie beneath you, but only on top. For you are only fit to be the bottom position. While am I to be the superior one? Lilith responded, We are equal to each other, in as much as we are, both created from the earth, But they would not listen to one another. When Lilith saw this, she pronounced the infallible name and flew away into the air. Adam stood in prayer before his creator. Sovereign of the universe, he said, The woman you gave me has run away. At once, the Holy One blessed be he, sent these three angels to bring her back. Said the Holy One to Adam, if she agrees to come back, fine. If not, she must permit 100 of her children to die every day. The angels left God and pursued Lilith, whom they overtook in the midst of the sea. In the mighty waters, wherein the Egyptians were destined to drown. They told her God's word, but she did not wish to return. The angels said, we shall drown you in the sea. Leave me, she said. I was created only to cause sickness to infants. If the infant is male, I have dominion over him for eight days after his birth, and a female for 20 days. When the angels heard Lilith's words, they insisted she go back, but she swore to them by the name of the living and eternal God. Wherever I see you or your names or your forms in an amulet, I have no power over that infant. She also agreed to have 100 of her children die every day. Accordingly, every day, 100 demons perish, and for the same reason, we write the angels' names in the amulets of young children. When Lilith sees their names, she remembers her oath, and the child recovers. The Alphabet of Ben Sera, 23A, 23B. back folks uh, so far we've discussed the Mesopotamian history briefly <clears throat> we've touched upon Jewish folklore like I said before briefly now I' just gonna I did some research try to find out where exactly it anything to do with Christianity and Islam uh, in Christianity there are legends that Adam had a wife before Eve who was named Lilith but this is not found Anywhere in the Bible. The legends vary significantly, but they are all essentially agree that Lilith left Adam because she did not want to submit to him, similar to the Jewish folklore in the Tagrum. According to the legends, and these are legends, this is not actually anywhere in the Christian Bible. Lilith was an evil wicked woman who committed adultery with Satan and produced a race of evil creatures. We say none of this is true. None of it is in the Bible. We don't know. We don't know if it's true or not. There is a lot of argument and speculation that there does appear to be a demon deity, or some type of goddess uh, that is present around us named Lilith. However, there's no biblical basis whatsoever for this. There is no... Mentioned there is no name of Lilith used. The only argument that I could find uh, was in passage Isaiah 34 14. And I have three different versions uh, of what was said. The first one I pulled from King James Version, and the passage reads as follows The wild beast of the desert shall also meet with the wild beast of the island and the satyr shall cry to his fellow. The screech owl also shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest. So I believe that the screech owl is supposed to be Lilith, but we're not sure. In the Catholic Revived Standard Edition, it reads, and wild beasts shall meet with hyenas, and the satyr shall cry to his fellow. Yea, there shall be the night hag alight. And find for herself a resting place. Again, night hag, Lilith, possible. However, in the New Revised Standard Edition it reads, Wildcats shall meet with hyenas, goat demons shall call to each other. There too Lilith shall repose and find a place to rest. So when the New Revised Standard Edition the word Lilith is mentioned. Now we have Night hag, Screech Owl, and Lilith, which I think are all replacing each other. However, this is a poor translation because, like we said, every other major translation in Bible reads something to the effect of night creature, screech owl, or hag. Even if there was a demon monster named Lilith, was this the proper translation of the Hebrew word? In this particular passage, Adam is nowhere even hinted. At all, in context. Whatever the Lilith was, or whatever it is, it's not given any connection whatsoever to Adam in the story of creation within the Bible, the Christian Bible. So that's all I could find, except for legends and movies and mythology. and uh, But when we come down to Kohad facts of what's actually written in the Bible, there really isn't anything that mentions her specifically, except in the newer, revised standard edition. The only thing that I can find in the Islamic tradition of Lilith, it was not found in the Quran. However, there is some mention of her again, not in the Quran, in pre-Islamic Arabia. She was considered the mother of the jinn. So that's all I can find in regards to official Quran Islamic tradition, but in pre-Islamic Arabia, she was part of the mythology as the mother of jinn. Okay, folks, welcome back. Uh, So far, we've discussed Mesopotamian, Jewish folklore, Christian, and Islamic tradition in regards to Lilith. Uh, now we're going to touch a little bit uh, on Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism. Um, through the literature of the Kabbalah, Lilith became fixed in Jewish demonology, where her primary role was that of the strength of children and seducer of men. The Kabbalah further enhanced her demonic character by making her the partner of Semiel a.k.a. Saiyan, and the queen of the realm of the forces of evil. In this guise, she appears as the antagonistic, negative counterpart of the Divine Presence, the mother of the house of Israel. The Zohar, which if you don't understand what the Zohar is, Zohar is a fundamental work in the literature of Jewish mystical thought, uh, otherwise known as the Kabbalah. Uh, It's a group of books with commentary aspects of the Torah, which are the five books of Moses, and numerous scriptural interpretations on mysticism, uh, psychology, the nature of God, darkness, light, um, esoteric rabbinic literature known as Madrash, which also elaborates in the Torah. So that's kind of a background on kind of a primary book of of Kabbalah. Um, So... The Zohar repeatedly contrasted Lilith, the unholy, whorish woman, with this divine presence of the house of Israel as a holy, noble, and capable woman. In much the same way, Eve, the disobedient, lustful sinner, is contrasted with the obedient, holy, virgin Mary in Christian literature. Through her couplings with the devil, or with Adam as the succubus, Lilith gave birth to 100 demons a day the 100 children threatened with death by the three angels sent by God. In this way, Lilith was held responsible for populating the world with evil. If you ask how Lilith herself, the first wife of Adam, became evil, the answer lies in her insubordination to her husband, Adam. It is her independence from Adam, her position beyond the control of a male, that makes her quote-unquote evil. She is disobedient, and like Eve, and indeed all women are willful, she is perceived as posing a constant threat to the divinely ordered state of affairs defined by men. Lilith is represented as a powerfully sexual woman against whom men and babies felt they had few defenses, except for a few ambulance, Little protection much more so than Eve. Lilith is a personification of female sexuality. Her legend serves to demonstrate how when unchecked, Female sexuality is disruptive and destructive. Lilified are women, beginning with Eve, uses sexuality to seduce women, men. She provides if, thereby, a necessary sexual dimension, which is otherwise lacking to the Genesis story, which, when read in literal form, portrays Eve not as some wicked female fatality, but as a naive and largely sexless fool. Only as a Lilith-like character could Eve be seen as a calculating evil seductress. So this is pretty much how it's interpreted, uh, in the Kabbalah. Um, and they also have like a long list, a tree or whatnot of, it's like series on the Kabbalah and there's concepts and practices and it's kind of been modified throughout the years. Uh, I mean, and there's a lot of other stuff that I was able to find, uh, a few other ancient sources, um with a treatise on the left animation, Origins, a seductress. She's also mentioned in the pantheon of demons in Jewish mysticism. We already mentioned as her husband Samuel, saw Satan, um, and her untimely ultimate defeat. So that was kind of how it's seen in the Kabbalah. Um, and we'll discuss next basically how it's seen uh, in the world of magic. Be right back. Thank you. Okay, let's briefly discuss uh, Lilith's appearance in the Diat Magica by Alistair Crowley. I quote, Among the Jews are certain instructed initiates of their Kabbalah who hold, as we understand, the view that in the Zarah or Saman lies itself a creative force inherent which cannot be balked. Thus, they say that before Eve was made, the dreams of Adam produced Lilith, a demon, and that from his intercourse with her sprang evil races. Now then, they mine the roads of the Habba, Of conjugal love with many restrictions. As these, it must be a holy act, preceded by absolution and by prayer. All lustful thoughts must be rigidly excluded. The purpose must be solely of that appropriation. The blessing of God must be most earnestly invoked so that the child should be under his special protection. In other language, this is their theory the act of love causes a magical disturbance in the author of Akasa of such a nature as to attract to create a disincarnate human spirit. All those sexual acts involving emission of semen, therefore attract or other spirits, incomplete and therefore evil. Thus nocturnal pollutions bring succubi, which are capable of separate existence, and a vampirous their, creation, their creator. But voluntary stellar acts create demons, and, if done with concentration magical intention, such demons as may subserve that intention. Thus, as Levi testified, to graft a tree successfully, the graft is fixed by a woman, while a man copulates with her per vas nafadim. Now this is uh, number 13 of certain Jewish theories from Allison Crawley. Now, this is this research. Um, I'm not into magic. I just study the history of ancient gods and demons, so I don't want to take it the wrong way. Uh, and there's a lot more about this, but this is kind of just a brief stroke of her relationship to magic through Alice Crowley. Now let's give a quick overview um, of this episode. Lilith is the most important of a small collection of named female demons in Jewish legend. Historically, she was actually all in Judaism. At least Judaism is defined as a post-Restoration phenomenon. Her earliest appearance was probably in ancient Sumer, although it is far from certain. She may be a minor character in the prologue of the Epic of Gilmesh, as we discussed. In the ancient world, she also sometimes appears in magical texts, amulets, and tended to thwart her activities. She's appeared in certain additions to the Bible in Isaiah, in context associated with demons of the desert, and again in some Dead Sea Scroll passages clearly placed on the Isaiah reference. We see somewhat more of her in late Roman, early medieval Judaism. She appears frequently on magical bowls. In this context, she's clearly associated with childbirth as a threat, and perhaps also the succubus against which men need protection. In these bowls, she is often countered by invoking the power of her nemesis, angels, who we previously discussed. She also shows up in the Tamad, and is clearly linked with the demonic world. Here also, her role as succus begins to take shape. So folks, I hope you enjoy this episode of Ancient Gods and Demons, focused on Lilith. There's a lot more to be covered, but this is just kind of a quick little stroke um, of this character in history, who really, I guess, is seen as a dark deity or dark presence, but almost, uh, almost, someone to who, who kind of, you know, back in the day, it wasn't seen doing the right thing, but now, who knows? Um, We'll be right back with a song of the day by Melikesh. So hang on. Thank you. Hey folks, welcome back to Ancient Gods and Demons. We're going to finish this episode with a song from Melikesh from the owl Mystics of the Pillar 2. The name of this song is Sacred Geometry. It's an instrumental. I hope you enjoy it.